Al-Bayan Radio presents The Life of Prophet Muhammad, Peace be upon him Presented by Nidal Ayyubi Bismillah, Alhamdulillah Wassalatu wassalamu ala Rasulillah Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala Welcome back to our Sira classes Where we are discussing the Meccan stage So in the 50 after prophethood A group of Muslims migrated to Abyssinia Al-Habasha and hijrah is to leave a land of kufr to a land of Islam. A land where you cannot practice your religion freely to a land where you can practice your religion freely. The first group to migrate was around 16. 16 Muslims. 12 men, 4 women. They returned a few months later after a false rumor had spread that all of Mecca had become Muslim. So some of them went back to Abyssinia, some of them entered Mecca under the protection of so-and-so. So now the second migration, this time more, around 100. Around 82 or 83 men and 19 women left for Abyssinia, for Al-Habasha. Among them, the cousin of the Prophet Ja'far ibn Abi Talib. Among them, Um Habiba, the daughter of Abu Sufyan, which shows us that they weren't only those who were being persecuted, because who's Abu Sufyan? One of the leaders of uh, Quraysh. No one would touch his family. And Um Habiba later on would marry who? Would marry the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. From them was Abu Salama and Um Salama. And the reports relating what happened were reported by who? In Musnad Imam Ahmad by Um Salama. She would also later be the wife of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam after the cousin of the Prophet sallallahu and his brother from Rida'a. Abu Salama passes away at the Battle of Uhud as we're going to discuss. So... The Quraysh found out about this and they were not happy at all. Our fellow tribesmen, these Muslims, migrated to Abyssinia, ran away from us. And they were upset for many reasons. One of them being, the tribal society did not allow any of its members, any of its fellow tribesmen, to leave the clan, to leave the tribe. Also, they feared that the Muslims would find neutral ground to propagate Islam. Therefore, Islam would grow and become more of a threat to them. And lastly, they did not like the idea that the Muslims would escape their rule and live in peace and security in Abyssinia. Now the question presents itself, why did the Prophet ﷺ choose Abyssinia? What's the main reason? What do you think the main reason is? The main reason is that the rule of the king of Abyssinia, and Najashi, which was the title for the king, was a just ruler. And Prophet ﷺ said about him, for in it dwells or lives a king in whose presence no one is wronged. He's a just king. Now, later on, this Najashi, becomes Muslim. He was a righteous man. The Prophet ﷺ said about him, he was informed that indeed today, in Medina, indeed today, a righteous man from Abyssinia has died, so come and pray over him, as is found in Bukhari. So many years later in Medina, the eighth or ninth year, Allahu Alam, after Hijrah, this man, this righteous man died, he had become a Muslim, and they prayed Janazah prayer over him. Also, another reason why the Prophet ﷺ may have chosen Abyssinia was it was a land of prosperity and it was a trading center to which Quraysh traveled. Also, the Quraysh had no authority in Abyssinia. And lastly, the Prophet ﷺ knew of Abyssinia and preferred it because of its just ruler. The Abyssinians were Christians and so they were closer to Islam than the pagans of Arabia. But the Prophet ﷺ had knowledge about the life in Abyssinia. Who knows why? We mentioned her name early on in the seerah. Who was one of his caretakers? What's her name? Um Ayman, radiallahu anha. Her real name is Baraka. Where is she from? Abyssinia. 
It's mentioned once that she made a meal, a dish, that the Prophet ﷺ had never seen before. And she said, it is a food that we make in our land, and I wanted to make a loaf of it for you. She's from Abyssinia, she's from Al-Habasha. So she must have informed the Prophet ﷺ about Abyssinia, having spent her youth there. So she may have spoken about Abyssinia to the Prophet ﷺ, about its society and about its rulers. Wallahu a'lam. Now, the leaders of Quraysh now met up. This was a big issue for them. They, they couldn't catch him before they hopped on, or they got on a ship and got to, with some tradesmen and got to Abyssinia. They had to do something. So they sent a delegation to the king of Abyssinia to try and get them back, to try and request this king and Najashi to send the Muslims back. And who did they send? Amr bin As. Amr bin As, radiallahu anhu, he was a Muslim at that time. And Abdullah ibn Rabi'ah, or Abdullah ibn Abi Rabi'ah, and it was said there was another man in, in another report, wallahu alam, they were chosen for this mission. And Amr, Amr radiallahu anhu, he was known for his diplomatic skills, and he had connections, political connections. He was like an envoy or an ambassador for Quraysh. They sent him, with Abdullah ibn Abi Rabi'ah to Abyssinia, to the king of Abyssinia, to try and get the Muslims back. So they went. And firstly, they, t- they took some good gifts. Gifts or bribes, you can say. They met all the bishops and they gave them gifts. And they told them what they wanted to do so they can earn or they can have a, a meeting with Al-Najashi. That, that these bishops would support the Quraysh, the envoy of Quraysh, the delegation of Quraysh led by Amr bin As. So that was the case. They were given a meeting with the king and Amr presented his case. He said, O king, some foolish men from our city, the Muslims from Mecca, have taken refuge in your majesty's country. They have abandoned our religion. Rather than accepting your religion, they have invented one of their own. Their families, knowing of their delusions, have sent us to your majesty to bring them home. Now, when they had made their plea, when Amr made his plea to the king, the bishops stood up and urged him to grant their request, meaning to send the Muslims back with him. The king, as we said, but was a just man, a just judge, a fair judge. He said he would allow both parties to make their cases. Therefore, the Muslims were summoned to the king's court. Then the king questioned them as why they had entered the unknown religion according to what Amr said had caused them to abandon their religion and tribe. Now, the spokesman for the Muslim got up. Who was that? Ja'far bin Abi Talib, the cousin of the Prophet the older brother of Ali radiallahu anhu. He stood up and gave his famous speech where he said, O king, talking to An-Najasi, speaking on behalf of the Muslims, we were a nation drowning in ignorance. We worshipped idols, ate the meat or the flesh of dead animals, and committed many indecencies. We neglected our kin, our relatives, and mistreated our neighbors. The strong amongst us devoured the weak. We lived like this until Allah raised amongst us a messenger, meaning Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, of whose noble lineage, truthfulness, honesty, and purity we were all aware. He invited us to acknowledge the oneness of Allah, to worship Allah, and to renounce the stones and idols that our forefathers used to venerate and worship. He enjoyed us to speak the truth, to keep our word, and to be kind and considerate to our relatives. He forbade us to shed blood, to do lewd acts, to lie and to deceive others. He forbade us from taking or eating the wealth of others, from taking the property of orphans and vilifying chaste women. 
He commanded us to worship Allah alone without any partners. He ordered us to pray, to fast and pay the poor their due. We acknowledged he was Allah's messenger and believed in him. We followed him in what he brought from Allah and we worshipped only one God without associating anything with him. We treated as lawful what he forbade and embraced what he made lawful for us. At this our people were estranged, they persecuted us, tried to seduce us away from our faith and force us to return to shirk, pressing us to return to the decencies that we used to commit earlier when they tortured us and oppressed us and stood between us and our religion. We fled to your country, choosing you above others for refuge. We have come here, O King, to your country, seeking your protection. We hope that we should not be dealt with unjustly. This is what Ja'far said on behalf of the Muslims to the king of Abyssinia and Najashi. Now the king listened patiently to Ja'far radiallahu an. Then he asked Ja'far, do you have something with you that I can listen to that, uh, that, that has been revealed to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi Ja'far said yes. And he recited the opening verses of Surah Maryam. As you know, the opening verses of Surah Maryam firstly speak about who? Zakariyah, Yahya, and then who? Maryam alayhi salam and Isa. So these verses are very relevant to be read to a Najashi who was a person of, of scripture. He used to be a Christian and was learned. So he mentioned, he recited Surah Maryam, obviously named after Mary alayhi salam, the mother of Isa. And it's mentioned that the king started to cry when he heard these verses. So much so that his beard became wet. And even the bishops were overcome as well with these with these powerful verses. Obviously the Quran is powerful, it's strong. And it's said that why the king felt it strongly is because he actually grew up or lived a few years in Hijaz, a new Arabic. Wallahu alam. Then he said, and Najashi said, the king said, truthfully, this and what Jesus brought are from the same divine light. Are from the same divine light. And he turned to Amr, the delegation from Quraysh, and said, you may go. By Allah, by God, I shall never give them to you nor would they be ill-treated. Now, the Quraysh, they had to change their tactics now. They said to the king, they went to the king's court the next day and said, you should hear what they say about Jesus, meaning what the Muslims say about Jesus. O king, they say a dreadful thing about him that I don't ever want to repeat. So the king called the Muslims back to the court. Now, the Muslims, as mentioned in some reports, that what are they going to say now? And as they were taught by the Prophet ﷺ, to say the truth. And that's what they did. So Ja'far once again was asked by the king, what do you say about Isa? Ja'far radiallahu an, he said, we say about him that which our prophet has taught us. Jesus was a human being and Allah's prophet. He was a spirit and a word cast unto the blessed virgin, Maryam alayhi salam. The king then took a straw from the ground and said, by God, Jesus, the son of Mary, does not exceed what you have said by the length of this straw. They said to the Muslims, go and live in my territory in peace and security. Those who treat you badly will be punished. I should not give you any trouble, even if I was offered a mountain of gold in exchange. So now the king then ordered all the gifts that the Quraysh, the envoy of Quraysh had brought to him to be returned. And now Amr, the envoy of Quraysh, delegation from Quraysh, returned, humiliated, and this caused massive outrage in Mecca in Mecca and now they were basically mocked and tarnished in front of the king of Abyssinia and this was not good news for 
قريش الله اعلم وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته This program was presented by Al Bayan Radio the voice of Ahlus Sunnah wal Jama'ah